Welcome everybody to Letter Now, a podcast where we nurture the hand lettering masters of tomorrow today. My name is Martina Flor. I'm a lettering artist, author, and educator. And today I have an awesome guest to talk about personal projects. How do you start a project from scratch and finish it without procrastinating? How do you come up with, with ideas for personal projects? How do you monetize a personal project? And how do you balance real paid work with other things you do with your art? And for this, I have a top-notch artist and designer here with me, Ricardo Gonzalez, also known as It's a Living. His signature script style can be easily recognized from murals to commercial work for some of the biggest brands to a simple sticker in the streets. I love that. Ricardo, that I found on your website. Uh, so oh, hi, you. Ricardo. Thank you for hi, being in the, in, in the podcast today. How are you doing? Good, good. Thank you so much for inviting me, Martin. It's been, it's been quite a bit of time since we talked, but uh, still friends throughout the years, you know? I love that. I love that. Um, so I, I took this description from your website. How would you describe yourself? How would you introduce yourself as an artist? Uh, I just paint letters. That's all I say. <laughs> because <laughs> <laughs> no, i mean some people like i mean the most basic i mean i just say i'm a graphic designer but then people more ask and i basically paint letters for a living you know uh, but yeah and then if the conversation keeps going you know maybe uh, it's hard to say because i'm not really a street artist but i am a lettering artist but graphic designer so i'm fine with whatever really um description so i'll say like a lettering artist is fine But you kind of like your work. I feel that your work really takes place in the streets, main, on the on the streets mainly, right? Uh, mainly, yes. Yeah. So actually, this is cool because it brings us to the topic, you know, personal projects and commercials. So I'm mm. in between both 50-50. So uh, some of the projects I do in the street, I like that. Some of them are unpaid, so I really enjoy that, and I like it because it's public, and it, you know, it's a good way to share the art. So yeah. Yeah, that's so interesting. I, I invited you today uh, to discuss this topic specifically because I I find really interesting, you know, something I find really interesting about your approach is how when when I look at your work, you know, and, and for those that don't, know, that don't know Ricardo's work, I will add his um, a link to his website on the show notes. Um, Ricardo makes really great work and when I say great it, I also mean huge because Ricardo among other things uh, makes really big murals on the street and um, and you will see what I mean when you get to see his work you will see what I mean when I say that by looking at your bulk of work Ricardo um, I find hard to identify what's commercial work and what's not Um, if I didn't know you, uh, I would say that you're a rich kid that doesn't, you know, doesn't need to make a living and just creates art all day. So is that true? Is that your secret identity, Ricardo? <laughs> no, but it's funny you say it. I mean, some people have the, because uh, I don't know why some people say like, oh man, you're always like traveling and doing all these things. And yeah, but I mean, still trying to make a living, you know, and that's part of It's a living, you know, like, I mean, it's one thing is, yeah, you get paid like flights and hotel, whatever. But like at the end of the day, like basically it's a job and, and it's and ultimately is a passion, you know, to do it and, and to be thankful for 
for, for, for being here, you know, but still here, you know, I'm in Mexico right now, Mexico. So hanging out here, just kind of relaxing. So, yeah. That's amazing. So we'll hear more about, you know, your personal story and how how you got into this um, as we go down the questions today. As you know, this is a listener-driven show. So we are here to answer questions from our listeners. Um, we will start with some voice messages. You can send us your voice memos with questions and comments by simply going to martinaflor.com slash voice message or email your voice memo to podcast at martinaflor.com. We had really interesting questions coming in today. So this one is from uh, Suraj from India. Hi, Martina. This is Suraj from India. So my question is, actually, it's three questions. So someone as a beginner like me who hasn't done any personal project might have this. So one, how do you start your personal project from scratch? Two, how do you finish that project without procrastinating on it for too long? And three, how do you monetize that project if that project is monetizable, that is? So these are my questions. Thank you. I love this question from Surek because it doesn't only speak about how to start and what to do. That, that means like what's a good idea for a yeah. personal project. But I think the question speaks about something very important, which is like how to actually finish it. So monetizing is also something you can do with a personal project. And Surah is actually asking about this as well. But we can leave that for the end and start by the beginning. So starting a personal project, I think there is an essential question to ask here, Suresh, before you start. Like, why do you want to start a personal project? Do you want to explore a new creative ground? Do you want to experiment with a new idea or technique? Do you want to build a portfolio of work? Um, because all of this will ultimately affect what your personal project will be about, right? So I always ask this question because a personal project is work. You actually have to put in some work and hours of your time. Sure. You know, absolutely so. And that means that for it to succeed, there has to be something waiting for you down the road, some goal you want to achieve with that. This is what will keep you, you know, going and getting the work done, actually. So, for instance, if you want to grow your portfolio of murals, you might want to come up with a personal project around making murals. Or if you want to explore a creative technique, like, I don't know, calligraphy, you could start a personal project that uses calligraphy. Um, so, but there should be a personal goal within that personal project, right? So, um, Ricardo, what are your thoughts about this? What would you say to Surak, who has no experience at doing personal projects, uh, but wants to start one? What makes a good idea for a personal project? What do you think? I, I actually really love the fact, like the, those three questions and, and the order. So. Um, I think, and I think for everyone, still for me to this day, why do I want to do a personal project? I think at the beginning for me was more about building a portfolio, you know, like, because at some point I heard, um, you get hired while you show in your portfolio. Mm -hmm. So if you start putting websites, you're going to get hired to do websites and illustration. You know, if you want to do lettering, you should put lettering, you should do calligraphy and like, doesn't matter if, if it's not for a client, like ultimately commercial work, especially for me is like the end, like 
the main thing is to create something, you know? And then that's when I started actually from in college, like my graphic design portfolio was all personal projects. And I made them, I presented them super, well, I try the best to make them look professional, you know, and, and well-documented and all that. And throughout the years, I keep trying to do the same thing. It still works to this day. It's not like I have it all figured out, but now compared to the beginning where you want to build a portfolio, now, when you do have a portfolio, excuse me, what 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 do you do? Because it's so easy to get caught into the cycle of doing the same thing, the same thing. Mm-hmm. Clients already know you for what you do. And then you, you just kind of like get bored, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe like, you know, you have a little bit of hunger of like grow and experiment, do something else. So for me now, it's more about creating something that I wanted to create that I don't have the opportunity to create because you know it's always difficult to talk to clients and then pitch them an idea and convince them and it's always difficult mm. at the end mm-hmm. of the day they're going to be happy but to gain their trust is so difficult this is one like like the two questions the two last questions linked up like how do you start it right you start it because there's a necessity right i guess mm-hmm. you want to communicate something you have this idea and you have to be brave and some people might think like this is stupid you shouldn't do it why don't spend your money on your stuff you know and i think it's a self-investment which is so amazing a lot of people tell you sometimes you shouldn't do it you shouldn't spend your money on that that looks you know and you just push push through it i ran into that like last year during the pandemic i created my own project throughout like three months i locked myself in a huge studio and just paint some people told me it was pretty stupid to be spending money when nobody was spending money. Everybody's at home. Like I was at home, but I was like, I just got a huge shooter. So I just locked myself in. So still I pushed through. And then this leads to the second question. How do you keep going? Just push, you know, like I ended up loving that project, hating it. Some days I will come and then paint so much, get a lot of things done, amazing days, but they're, really bad days where you come and you hate what you're doing mm-hmm. and it questions you why do you do it why nobody's paying you like you're spending your money your time it's hot you're sweating you're uncomfortable you're exhausted you know like is this gonna pay off is if it's not like and doesn't matter if it pays or not am i gonna finish it so at the end of, like it's just a battle with yourself especially long-term project because this was one of the biggest for me and that's the second question just push through you know then really challenge you your passion for what you do maybe at, like maybe halfway you realize it's not for you maybe you really gain more love for what you do you know and then you push through like by the end you're exhausted you're destroyed no matter what project right it could mm. be praying it could be whatever like an alphabet by the end you just want to get it done and it's so difficult to keep the quality by at that point, right? So yeah, it's I think it's really difficult, but it's really rewarding. And especially when it's a personal project, because at the end of the day, you don't have control of one what or of what is it gonna turn. Like hmm. it could be a community like a community project that you didn't think like it will reach so many people. Maybe you inspire other people, you know. Maybe your mom loves it, you know, like at the end of the day, something positive is going to happen and it doesn't have to be about money. 
and yeah yeah and it's so so interesting uh what you say because you were think you, you know you were speaking about like how in the beginning creating personal projects was about building a portfolio right and putting some work mm -hmm. out there so you will you will get more work from uh, from that kind right um but now as you have already like a solid portfolio as an artist um using personal work is more in terms of like exploring new areas or trying to push your boundaries right and yeah i would say that you know personal projects have a lot to do with that with pushing boundaries with leaving your comfort zone and um what really called my attention from what you said is that you mentioned that sometimes it's tough sometimes it's uncomfortable you know and because pushing your limits or like going out of your comfort zone it is uncomfortable that's why it's you know outside of your comfort zone and if you if you're feeling that as you're doing your personal project if you're having moments of where you're like unmotivated or you're having moments where you are like hey I don't know where this is leading to um, this is just part of it it's just part of that process of like you know pushing that boundary a little bit farther away right yeah. um so i something perhaps that we need to embrace as we move uh, forward with a personal project right um and i definitely, think definitely. there's something really important from what you said that you were you know you had this experience of like spending um three months locked up in your studio um and you were sometimes going to your studio and kind of um you know, feeling like this is this is leading nowhere and I don't feel like doing anything, but you were still the showing. Gonna end and I'm yeah. painting. I was like, you know, I was thinking at that point, I'm like, why I'm the only like painting? Like I'm supposed to be at home. I mean, I was by myself. I was totally safe, but like, why am I doing this? Like, what am like, am I trying to prove? So you start questioning so much yourself. I think it's very healthy, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's also very healthy to show up, you know, to just um, just assume, you know, to just incorporate these moments into your routine and assume that some days you will show up and you will be totally um, up for doing stuff and really inspired. Some days you will show up and you will be like, mm, I don't know if I want to do anything today or, or not. And that's just part of it, right? So, Surak, to, to us. To answer to your question, I think those are great points. The one, um, the ones that uh, Ricardo was mentioning to you um, right now. And my advice will be to start there, to find something that you know that interests you, like that really moves you. And afterwards, you can you can definitely like move on to this because she also asked about um, uh, Surah also asked about the uh, the idea of monetizing, right? So. First, start by by asking yourself, what do you want to do? What do you want to achieve here? What, what is your ultimate goal? And afterwards, you can explore the idea of monetizing that project, right? So, Ricardo, let's speak shortly about monetizing personal projects. Um, as I mentioned just now, monetizing yeah. is perhaps not the thing you need to start with. Um, otherwise, that might, you know, limit your exploration or your creative freedom if you think of you know the idea of monetizing or the goal of monetizing that project then it's is no longer a personal project for the means of like creating something it's just a project to uh, create profit yeah. which is all fine with that but 
you know, the, the definition yeah. of personal project is more about like exploring or opening new creative ground, right? Um, yeah. So monetizing is essentially driving profit from that personal project. And that profit can come directly or indirectly. That means that you could, you know, sell whatever you did. For instance, if you created a piece of lettering, you can sell it and make money out of it. Um, you could also use those pieces of work, like uh, Ricardo did in, in the beginning, um, to attract businesses or clients or um, assignments, right? Um, so what was your experience at monetizing your work? So you mentioned in the beginning that some of you, the work you put out there in the very beginning or some of the personal projects you did in the very beginning were about creating things that will attract new clients or will connect you with clients and commercial work. Um, were there other ways of monetizing your personal projects um, that you experienced in the past? Or yeah, yeah, in your career, no, definitely. I mean, I think um, again, it's always in. Yeah, you can make stuff, but then also I think, and maybe this is my graphic design mentality. You know, like all right, let's set up a budget, and then like that budget, how much can I lose? You know, increment because you know a budget always needs maybe a bit more, and you know you have to have a threshold. So I always like make a budget. I have to be organized and that's my personality. I organized like since day one, like especially that project last year, I knew like, all right, um, I can rent this for these three months. This is how much paint costs, this is much. And not just because like I can spend it because why do I work so much and why do I get paid from big clients if I cannot invest it in myself? It's not mm -hmm. a just, you know, like having a luxurious life. And No, like I think it's really you given a good pay from a big client. What mm -hmm. do you do with the money? Definitely save it, yes. And we don't talk about that, especially like not as a graphic designer, lettering artist. Like we just wanna like create the best work, but like we, for me it's really important to like set up like a budget from that. If I can invest maybe yearly, like 10, 15% of what I could make and then put in like a couple of personal projects, why not? I mean, just to really have uh, financial freedom, mm. you know, to be, be able to like, all right, you know what? I want to like do this project. It's going to be costly. It's going to be cool. And it's an adventure, you know, you have to do it. And in terms of monetizing it, I think there are a lot, a lot of ways. I mean, you might gain some and just, and not just, it's, it's just about money. Like you can get, you can probably win an award, you know, mm. That's something really also could be important, you know, maybe as a foreigner because we need visas. So maybe a, an award would be great, you know? Mm. Maybe you will attract new clients, new businesses. That's another way. Like maybe you can turn your product into something tangible, like maybe prints, shirts, stuff like that, you know? Like there's so many ways, but like I think it's just really because re realistically, our job is not just drawing letters and you know, have fun. We have to think about budget, how like marketing and how to do all these things, you know, and, and for me, it's really important, very important. And then also very important to keep it like smooth and chill as possible, you know, like still make money, but like <clears throat> be a little bit wiser with it, you know, and, and then you 
you make something, you gain something, invest a little bit in yourself, save it, carry on, you know? Absolutely. So lastly, uh, Surak, to, um, to finish with your question, I want to give you one of my tools. It's a worksheet that I call Three Steps to Create and essentially walks you through the steps to get the work done. So I created this worksheet because once you have this, um, those three essential things in place, you will stop procrastinating and finally get hands-on. You, you can go to martinaflor.com slash create now and you can download it for free. So we have another good question from one of our listeners. Uh, this one is from Vera from Canada. I have one question for you. Um, creative curiosity is something that is super important to me, and I believe in self-betterment through self-initiated projects. Therefore, my passions ever so often, you know, change, and I like to experiment with different mediums and different styles. Um, so naturally that is reflected in my work as well. So I was just wondering if that is good or bad for a personal brand and being recognized for a style or, or, or artistic voice. Thank you. Vera, you're using personal projects to explore different media and techniques, and I think that's great. Now, Vera is asking here something that, you know, I think her question is actually whether this variety of mediums and styles are good for her personal brand as an artist. And I think Vera is speaking for many artists out there that are looking for that unique style that's going to set them apart, right? Um, Ricardo, I feel that we live now in times where we have the perception that there's a lot of people doing whatever that is that we are doing right now. So I personally go on social media and I encounter myself like endlessly scrolling through a feed of illustrators and lettering artists, um, which I believe is something that has a ne negative impact on many of us. I, we have the perception that the market is oversaturated and there's just too many of us, right? Um, so I believe that Vera is asking um, whether she should focus on just one style or if she should use all of her interests um, in her portfolio, you know, to set up, like to stand out in the crowd. And she's worried about this, this motivation she has, she, this personal motivation she has to use different mediums and explore different styles and whether that will be problematic to stand out in the crowd, right? To, to define or to have a defined style, right? So how do you see that? How do you approach the creation of your personal brand of your personal brand do you approach it in any way uh, do you try to pursue a style or you just don't pay attention to that how do you go about that that's a really good question and i oftentimes end up talking about it with other friends or designers artists but i think more like because this i think it could be two ways i mean you could do different things and you can still get a lot of work you know different styles but you could also do one style and then be well known for it i mean hmm. there's not really right or wrong to be honest it's like what do you really want what do you like what do you want to do you know yeah. like it doesn't matter there's still people like they, they are very good at everything like a lot of, and that's amazing but there's people that like only do one thing you know 
And I feel like I fall in that category. Like I just do one style and it's like super easy. Um, but like it, it, to be honest, like for me, it took time, you know, I exper like experiment with a lot of styles, you know, black letters, you know, scripts, Spencerian, and then like trying different tools and all these things. And then just like, it just happened one day and I was like, all right, I really love where this is going. It's super simple. And I love that because I mean, maybe that's, it really reflected with my personality, like like the simplicity, but like with more like a background. And this happened actually like right after um, when I went to Cooper Union, you know, after trying different styles, learning more about letters and construction, typography, typeface design, you know, like it, the understand, deeper understanding allows you to really know the range of, styles and maybe some people just do you know gothic or something you know like mm. and it's whatever you really feel like it's it's good for you and works for you and and i think also the problem like we look at the social media and like oh my god that person's so good and for me i tried i i stopped that long ago it's like too much but i still love to see friends doing good projects and to me like that's amazing you know i think it's a in a way it's a healthy competition you know like oh my god they're pushing you like i need to go do more and yeah but then there's the paradox like doing too much all the time but like i love to do all the time stuff i try i try yeah i, I think, just i know, just want to give a, a little bit of context on what you just said so cooper uh, uh, cooper uh, Cooper Union, Cooper Union is 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 actually a type design program, and uh, Ricardo was a student there. Um, and um, when he speaks about the script lettering he does, he has a very distinct style um, that he he uses like a monoline kind of marker, and he creates this monoline kind of script lettering, right? And this is his very signature style. So um, I think you you explore. So you started with the with the course at um, at Cooper Union, and then you move on, you moved on to like exploring different styles, and then you 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 took this line of work, right? You found yeah. that that this script lettering um, was something you enjoyed doing, and you kept Just on doing that. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really having fun because at that point also that was probably like seven years ago so mm. at that point i was experimenting with different tools and i always loved spray paint from graffiti and that was like i felt like it was a bit newer to lettering because everybody i mean we're used to like pen pencil so i really wanted to take it to another level just from like smaller version to like bigger and then like eventually painting a mural and eventually uh, i ended up painting bigger and bigger murals and i have a lot of fun and and still discovering new tools, paint, you know, and, and it's a learning path. That's what I love. That's so interesting. I, I think it's, there's it just takes time also for style. Yeah. You know, style cannot be taught. Yeah. Style can mm. be taught. It just happens throughout time and, and just putting everything you love into it, the weirder you are, you know, like it doesn't matter. It's just, if you like anime and whatever music you put into your work, that's a flavor. That's, that's, really your style you know and the people like oh you know i love the bright colors with you know and, and mm. it becomes part of you an extension of you your work 
Mm, I love that. I, I think there's something really powerful in this, like style cannot be taught. You know, it just comes through. You cannot control it also. <laughs> um, and I think for, for answering to Vera's question, I think you said, you mentioned also, or you, you ask a question that is very essential for you to find whether you need to find a style or, you know, how to find a style. And that is like, what do you want to do? What, what do you enjoy doing? And in your case, Ricardo, you found through experimenting with different styles, you found that you liked doing a specific style and then you use different tools for that. And this is how your style, if we want to call it like this, uh, yeah. sort of developed because you follow your interest. You follow what you wanted to do. So I think that's such a powerful question to find your style. Like, yeah. what do you want to do? And it's interesting because personally, as a lettering artist, I, I rebelled against the idea of having a style. And as, as you did in the beginning, I deliberately drawn all sorts of styles like black letter and script lettering and serif and everything and everything. nevertheless people keep telling me that my style is really unique and that they even recognize that is mine from just looking at it you know so i would say to vera like you know so if, even if you try to avoid trying like a style or finding a specific style it would just shine through so you know, it's like you said, style cannot be taught, style cannot be uh, created. It's style. your personality. Yeah. Well, you know, it's extension of your personality. It's like brighter color. Maybe some people just use black and white. You know, it doesn't really matter. Also, like when I, when I started doing, like when I went for it, I knew like no one was really doing monoline. I mean, it was already there, but no one was pushing on it. And mm. I'm like, all right, no one is really doing it. I'm going to do it because no one. So I'm like, all right. You know, <laughs> just try mm. something and I didn't know if it was going to do something good. And also my style is really difficult to like market for, for instance, you know, like a lot more clients prefer, you know, something like sans serif, serif, you know, like something more readable. But like, I think that's what I love from what I do. It's like so difficult and it's not ready for every project, but some clients are up for it, you know, and then adjust it and see what comes out. How can you push that? What else can you do with like, the way I see what I do, I only have one line, it's monoline. It doesn't have contrast, anything. What can I do with that? It's so basic, but it's so difficult and entertains me so much. Like it's such a simple briefing, right? It's such a simple brief. You have to <laughs> yeah. work with the monoline script and that's yeah. all you, yeah, that's great. So. We will move now on to our inspirational quote segment. So Ricardo, all right. we all love quotes. And in this section, we do our best to answer questions from our listeners with a quote. So we, le we later put this, uh, these quotes on our show notes so that listeners can letter them and share them on social media. The, truth, right. the truth is that we actually just, uh, you know, we... We just chat about it for a while. And if we happen to find a quote, then great. And we will add it to the show notes. If not, don't okay. worry. We okay. will come up with a, with a quote or pick up on something you said. And we'll, we will add it to the, to the show notes so that we will make you sound, sound good. Okay. Um, right. So here, here's, the here's the first question from Luisa. 
I have trouble balancing real paid work with personal projects I love. Any advice? So I hear in Luisa's questions that um, she's having trouble allocating time for personal projects. And I get it. You also need to pay the bills, as you mentioned before, Ricardo, and you need to do that client work. And at that time, you know, at the same time, you want to carry on personal projects, but don't want to get burned out in the process, right? So, Luisa, in your case, I would like to first reiterate on the first thing we spoke about, which is like, you need to ask yourself why you want to do this personal project. Uh, what is the pro purpose of that? Um, and this is what will keep you motivated throughout time. And the second question I would do is, how can you allocate time for it? The same way you allocate time to eat and to do sports, how can you allocate time to carry on personal projects? Let's say like an hour a day, half an hour a day, whatever that is, but try to allocate that time. And third, is your project too ambitious? Because I think this is perhaps one of the things that I would avoid with a personal project, um, which is to make it too huge or too hard or too elaborate. So I have a very short quote for you, Luisa, which is like, start small or keep it small, right? So when it comes to personal project, my, my advice or like my my first rule would be to keep it small. And I have done huge personal projects in the, in the past, and that's why I'm telling you this, because I, I, it became really hard for me to finish yeah. that actual project. Once I set myself, like, the goal, one of my personal projects was, was called uh, Letter Collections, and I set myself the wow. goal of, of sending 100 postcards, hand-letter postcards, like digital lettering, wow. to... 100 people and you know it took like years to complete like uh and so i i would say luisa to you like my first advice would be to start small and perhaps ricardo you're not the the best person to ask about this because your personal <laughs> projects are huge <laughs> but um yeah, but i think i no i think like no like I, I i i really connect with that but because i i would say know your limits then break them mm. you know because for instance that the the price now i do personal they're getting bigger and bigger and then like i knew for instance like the past project i did that there were 12 murals in three months in 400 meters square space uh it was big it was really big and mm. i had to paint everything from like you know like paint the walls everything just on my by, by myself and it wasn't just because i wanted to do by myself it, i was quarantined I was, you know but i knew how fast i could paint and i knew what tools i need and also i had limitations a lot of limitations because i, I i'm here i was here in in my hometown durango mexico hmm. so i couldn't get all the paint i couldn't get stuff that i needed it that are more easier so those things set limits and also i knew how much how fast i could paint but down the road it's just a battle with yourself and and then eventually i ended up you know like overpassing overcoming my i guess fears my doubts and and then my limits just and i pass it you know and and that was very grateful that was very gratifying 
Yeah. You know, at the end, I was like, wow, I finished all this. And people mm. really understood what I was doing because everyone was like, you're insane. You're like just locked in cell in, in there painting. And are you making money? I'm like, no, like, why? Mm. And I'm like, it's hot. It was, you know, but by the end of the day, I ended up doing a, a show. It was the first mural lettering show. And it was for my community here. It was, it was amazing. You know, people came despite the, the, uh, um, the pandemic people like follow the rules i had someone at the door checking you all this but people came five people at a time five minutes mm. I, I i could talk to them they could experience the whole space right especially in a time where there was nothing to do to come to a place and then see some art that was really amazing students came from my hometown they, they're you know it was really inspiring and my family came they were like well like no no wonder why you were there every day you know <laughs> but it, it was amazing you know i ended up like um loving that project so much also i closed one day the, the whole place because i opened it for one day for the show only one day and the next day i, I invited my friends to come skate it because here's so hot so i ended up like inviting <laughs> to skate and then the next day i erase everything so three months of work just erase it oh my god and, and that was it <laughs> Oh my God. So I think, I think for Luisa, it will be um, interesting to keep in mind um, like the day after or like that ultimate thing that she will achieve by following that personal project, right? Like in your case, it was like perhaps three months of work, but then at the end you had this very rewarding exhibition with your friends and the people and showing like the kind of work you were doing. So all of the, all of the work that you put in kind of made sense at the end. Right. Um, yeah. So Luisa, just to wrap up your question, I will just uh, tell you like, you don't necessarily need to like make a huge project like uh, Ricardo's uh, made or like the project that I started in, in at that time, like which took years to complete or whatever. A personal project could also be something very small, something that, you know, it just takes you half an hour a day and you just have a final product at the end that you can, you know, you're proud of, you feel that you have achieved something and you can even put in your portfolio if you want, but it doesn't necessarily need to be like a huge stuff. Um, so we are gonna move on to the second question um, on social media that is from Ale. So the question is, my biggest challenge with personal project projects is to get the hell out of my comfort zone. How do you deal with that? With that? <laughs> well, I mean, I think y you're not having issues with that right now. <laughs> um, uh, trying, trying, you know, focus, focus, stay focused. Yeah, I mean, I think we have like a love-hate relationship with comfort zones, right? Um, for instance, in my case, I was telling you before, uh, before we started, Ricardo, I starting this podcast was way out of my comfort zone. I've been thinking about this for years and I had tons of mental blocks around it. You know, I was tell telling to myself, like, I'm not an English, uh, a native English speaker. I'm not a podcaster. I'm just, you know, a lettering artist. And I was thinking that, um, you know, people will say that, you know, the podcast is not good and that I screw up and... I was telling myself all of these stories that you, you know, I think that Ale here asking the question is probably telling, um, you know, it's having the same stories in the mind, right? Like we all tell yeah. our like 
the same stories over and over. And these are the stories that hold us back from actually doing stuff and starting projects, right? Um, and I want to tell you, Ale, that people don't give a damn if you screw up. Uh, we like to think that others are constantly looking at what we are doing, but the truth is that they are looking at what they are doing, right? And we tend to think that, oh my God, everyone is just, just looking at what I'm doing right now and either if I screw up or not. But actually, if you screw up, people will forget, you know? It's like... <laughs> um, so my quote for Ale is, is, if you always stay inside your comfort zone, you will never get to see what's for you outside of it. So sometimes like leaving that comfort zone shows you also new things that you can enjoy. Like I can say now that we have recorded personally with this podcast thing, we have recorded, um, I think this is the seven, the number seven. And I feel, yeah, I know. I feel so, so good, by the way. <laughs> I feel so happy about it. You know, every time I'm recording a podcast, it's like I feel like a 15-year-old, like kind of excited before it. And, um, and you know, I feel that this is something I really enjoy. And I didn't know that up front, you know. Up front, it was like this fear of recording a podcast. But now it's like, hey, this is something I really enjoy doing and I want to get better at, you know. And yeah. this is why I say that, you know, living that comfort zone is perhaps also a way of discovering new things that you might enjoy doing, right? Um, so what about some, you? Some How of your skills, yeah. I mean, like, sorry to cut you off, but uh, yeah, I think it's so amazing because this is kind of like different to like doing lettering. But you're talking about lettering, you know, and then it's, and then it's fun because then your other skills are improving your talking skills you know your english skills and that's kind of like what happened also to me you know like doing talks you know mm -hmm. you, you've done talks as well and to mm -hmm. me like the first time i got invited i was like a bit terrified also not native english speaker but i've been living in the us for quite some time but but still nerve-wracking to talk to a uh, audience talking you know, turns, whatever. But then one of my friends one time really said, um, it was something that really resonated to me and made me calm down. And then after that, every talk of like, whatever. But he said, you cannot screw up if you talk about your work. Oh. And I like, oh, that's so, it's true. I'm talking about my work. Like I just mm. have to talk, like talk it as if I was talking to a friend. And then in that moment, you know, and then my skills became better talking, you know, making eye contact with the audience. And, you know, it doesn't have to be always just passion projects and just doing letters. But, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's, it's fun to put yourself in a weird um, situation. But also there's people out there that are going to help you out. Maybe your friends are not friends, you know, but no. So it, you're never alone, to be honest. Yeah. And I think that there's something so rewarding about doing uh, something that is totally out of your comfort zone or that you have a fear for is that, you know, the, the minute after is like such a rewarding feeling of like, I mean, <laughs> I did it, you know, it's like yeah. if there's something I like about speaking. Um, because I, I all, I've also done some speaking in my career and it's like, Every time I'm going on stage, I think for myself, like, why did I s sign up for th for this? Why did I yes, say yes? yes? You know, it's like I could be at <laughs> home. <are> here? 
You know, I could no, get home. Committed. There's no turning point. There's <laughs> <Exactly>. freaking out. <laughs> but then yeah. afterwards, it's just such a great feeling. It's like, I mean, I've done it and people were happy. And it's like, you know, I, I brought some, some value to these people. And that's such a rewarding feeling. When you go over your fears to bring something new to the world or something valuable to other people, that's such a rewarding thing to do. So I think you, we have we have given Ale a, a lot of motivation to just go ahead and leave uh, the <laughs> and, comfort and zone. <laughs> yeah, totally. So yeah. lastly, this is our Better Now segment. And we will share in this segment something that um, we are really happy about or something that has impacted our lives lately. Could be anything. Could be like a small thing. Uh, could, could be some huge project that you did lately that is super important for you. Um, what would you like to share? Is there something that lately make you laugh or made you laugh or made you happy? Whatever it is. Um, I think right now for me, it's actually not work related, nothing. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's been actually the more I grow, like, yeah, age, whatever, but also professionally work, I tend to look back really just life brings me back to a point where i remember cartoons and stuff and by saying this i go like now i'm i'm skating a lot more because mm. I, I skateboard and and i skate a lot and i love here skating with my friends and then the second one and i think the most powerful one right now that i'm super excited and thankful for is like um i i went back to swimming i used to train swimming mm. so and it was funny because today i went to train earlier i go like eight to nine every day and swim like so much like two three kilometers it's crazy and i just started but like this was crazy because i used to swim like 17 years ago like probably i was like middle school hmm. And I've been training. I love, I always have this passion. It's one of those passions that you sacrifice in order to grow professionally. And mm. because you're, especially in New York, you just work, 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 work. So I had to put aside other passions. Now mm. coming back to it 17 years ago, and I talked to the trainer today, I'm like, how long have you been working here? And he's like, uh, about 20 years. I'm like, I'm like, you training me. Oh my God. When I was like 15 and he was like, yeah. And I'm like, well, I grew up a little, you know, a little bit of hair, and, <laughs> but a lot taller. And it was, it was, it was funny, you know, and that happened today. I was like, that was pretty amazing, you know, to go back to root, like, and it was a very special time in my life when I started doing that as well as right now. So, yeah. That's amazing. So coming back to do things that you used to do as a kid, like skating and swimming Still, I'm 32. I'm like skating, and some people, some people here, I'm like, dude, you're the same, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm still in them. Look, I'm not like a little kid, to be honest. Amazing. So in my case, I, you know, it seems that I'm speaking about the podcast all the time, but the podcast just came out in this conversation, and something I wanted to share that really made me smile lately is that. Through this space, through the podcast, I'm getting like a lot of uh, comments on social media. And recently I received a, a, a comment from a listener. Um, she was listening to the 
I think the second podcast we did with Belinda Ku. Um, she's a lettering artist and she's also a freelancer. She's a mother of two. And we were sharing like insights about like what it is to be a freelancer and what it is to be a mother at the same time. And oh my so, God, that's another level. <laughs> that's another level. But, How um, do you do it? Wow. <laughs> we'll probably make a podcast about this. <laughs> you should. That's amazing. Training for when I grew up. <laughs> great so and what is great is that i i got a message recently from someone um on instagram who she is also a mother of two and she she's she told me that through that episode she was inspired to start freelancing she's also um you know she has been procrastinating with the idea of starting freelancing and this podcast actually or that episode of the podcast actually gave her the motivation and the inspiration to to give it a go so that's so rewarding and i love this these messages that you all all the listeners keep sending me on social media so we're coming to the end of this show ricardo Amazing. it was wow. <laughs> it was such an honor to have you really um can you tell us uh, where can we find you on the internet uh well first of all thank you the honor is mine it's been amazing it's kind of also a catch-up so it's It's been pretty amazing. Yeah, that's um, so good. You can just find me. I mean, you can. I mean, it's a living. It's pretty easy. My website, it's a living. Uh, my name is Ricardo Gonzalez. Um, yeah, website, Instagram. I try to be just Instagram and my website. Maybe Behance also. It's a living. Just keep it consistent. Amazing. Um, so what's great having you uh, in the podcast, and I will put all of this information, all of your handles and stuff in the show notes. Um, you can find me, the host of this show, on social networks at Martina Flor on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you have questions or comments, go to martinaflor.com slash podcast, where you can see previous episodes, find show notes, and send voice memos with your comments and questions. You can comment on things we spoke about um, in this episode with, Ric with Ricardo, and we will play it on the next one. You can also watch these episodes on YouTube. Just go to martinaflor.com slash YouTube to find them. You can, of course, listen to all of the episodes on your favorite pla podcast platform. This is it for today. If you love this episode, subscribe to this podcast. And if you leave us a review, it will help others find us. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Ricardo, for being there. Thank And you for the invitation. It's been great. Thank you and see you in the next episode of Letter Now.